0: This podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show.
1: You, I haven't seen you in so long. Last week, you said you were going to live in the woods, and now I see you, and you've got a beard down to your knees. Your fingernails have etchings in them that look like Native American symbols. Yep. You're going by the name Plays with Squirrels, which is a weird Boy Meets World reference. Yep. I, you, What happened? Were you so obsessed with our technology conversation last time that you just had to go all thorough on me?
2: I was. I had to commune with nature. Oh, you're so you're so mellow. That's it's just that's what happens when you really get out into the wilderness. And you're almost eaten by a bear three times. Oh, my God. Um, and you, Which
1: I thought was weird, bud, that you live tweeted that bear attack. Wow.
2: Well, which goes against the nature thing. Well, first off, A, if I'm going to fight a bear and survive it, I need people to know about That's it. That's true. You know? But I thought it was, like, it was like
1: bears eating my leg about to kick him. Like, you were live tweeting it. It well, was did weird. You,
2: did you forget when I was like, ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> and the,
1: this hurts, ouch, missing a toe. Ouch, ouch, ouch.
2: Hashtag pinky loss. Um, but I, you know, I felt like... We had just lived in the world of mm-hmm. just these technological speak and, and advances so much that I needed to just cleanse myself and my spirit, if you it. will. Um, and turns out fucking nature sucks. So
1: <laughs> wait, wait. I'm back. Nature sucks or fucking nature sucks. <laughs> well, I'll let Both? I'll let you decide. High, high five. five! Should we high five?
2: High five. high five? high five! High five! High five.
0: High five, son! Woo! High
1: five! Me
2: hang. <sighs> so yeah, so I'm back. <laughs> fucking nature is the worst.
1: <laughs> I wish that had been the end of like, Henry David Thoreau's novel. is like, and I found myself in nature. And what I found, blue chunks. It <laughs> turns out it's the fucking worst. Uh, I really just...
2: <laughs> hashtag YOLO. I really just wanted... To fucking talk about movies, and you know what? This fucking microphone is beautiful. This lit up recording screen is beautiful. This computer sitting in front of me this, is this, gorgeous. The
1: television that we've watched together right. is beautiful. This is my nature. Oh, it's I love it. I see. When I think of camping, I'm just bringing popcorn. And uh, s'more into a living room to watch a movie about camping. Right. You know, I'm watching like The Great Outdoors or I'm watching Wet Hot American Summer. And if
2: you're doing like real outdoorsiness, you bring a sleeping bag.
1: Right, right. So this is, again, welcome back, everybody. This is high five, colon the podcast. Yep. I'm um, still Q, although s- a little more woodly. Right. And I'm still Jay, uh, loving technology, but also, you know, acknowledging that nature exists, <laughs> um. acknowledging <laughs> trees in the sky around us. So, so, Q, what are we talking about today? So, you know, we
2: chatted about technology mm-hmm. and followed that path, and so we decided to talk about nature. Right. Where n- you've nature, been living for a week. Right. <laughs> Which, once again, just to really put it out there, it really fucking sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you almost made me spit out my organic water.
2: <laughs> just so everybody knows, nature
1: sucks. Don't do it. Just watch movies about nature yep. or watch, you know what? Let's watch movies that use nature well. Because Absolutely. again, just like last time, we're not talking about movies about nature. It's no. not just like, oh, it's, you know, Wet Hot American Summer or The Great Outdoors. We're talking about movies that use and film in nature that's in right. new ways, in in fun ways, in ways that you we haven't seen before and the sure. best ones to do
2: that. And that is kind of, that's why we did th- these are... These are like sister episodes, kind of. Yeah, you know, like like our last week's episode and this week's episode are kind of like these, this yin and yang, this uh, USB port and fucking hole in the ground. You know, <laughs> 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 and just to clarify, it's a fucking hole in the ground. <laughs> USB port what? and a fucking hole that's in the, the ground.
1: The example that I was gonna use, and I'm blanking on the character name now, is I wasn't gonna say sister episodes, I was gonna say cousin episodes. It's yeah. like Snoopy. And then what's his like desert cousin?
2: Dirt <laughs> Dirt Snoopy. You, you know what I'm talking about though?
1: Sandy. Yes. Yeah, sand- <laughs> or or you know what? It's cousin episodes, it's like speedy gonzales and then his slow Country Mouse, Country Mouse, yeah, yeah, I don't know his name. Speedy and Slowy, and Slowy, yeah. <laughs> Let's just go with Slowy. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, it's kind of like a one-two punch. But you know, we really wanted to talk. We spent so much time last time talking about how people are advancing, like the different cameras they're using, or the different film they're using, or the different techniques that they're using. It it, it feels like an interesting topic, especially with movies nowadays trying to. Ign- embrace nature and use it you know we have some oscar-nominated movies uh, as of late that really c- sort of can i throw that. one
2: out please i when i think nature movies and we've talked about this on our man vs wild episode but uh when i think nature movies one of the ones that comes to mind
1: is the revenant that's when we decided on this topic that's kind of the first movie that came to mind because of uh Iriatu's use of I think it's on record is he only used natural light. Yep. To film. One hundred percent. Which one, budget wise, is crazy totally. to, to try and do. Um, but Iriatu is always kind of doing those those things. You know, with Birdman, he did the it felt like one take. Yep. Um but this one, he decided to use only natural light because he wanted to capture the beauty of the Alaska and Canadian tundra. Absolutely. And to to its credit it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. It's a vicious brutal movie. Um, it finally locked in uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's Oscar, didn't it? Is that the one it he did. won for? Okay mm-hmm. good. Um, he might not should have won for that one, but he should have won for other stuff, but I'm glad he won for that one. But it was a beautiful film. I thought it was it was exactly what it needed to be. It captured um,
2: it captured the feeling of being isolated yes. in the wilderness. So well. And I think a lot of it is to do with the lighting and, and that kind of the the fly on the wall camera right. kind of style of that movie. Right. Uh, and it also fly on the no wall ooh, in this sense, like it, fly on the tree.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it also, you know, established that in a lot of cases, I can't understand what Tom Hardy's saying half the time. For sure.
2: I have decided that Tom Hardy just is a voice actor on screen. So yeah. basically that's how he creates different characters yeah. is he just gives every character a different voice.
1: And he sort of does – did you – what was that movie where he played twin brothers? Um, oh, Legend. Legend. And
2: he makes one of them almost completely unintelligible. Yes,
1: he does. It's almost like they should have had the Snatch uh, – Subtitles. Subtitles. But yeah. it's just like Yeah, Yeah. Like <laughs> it's unintelligible. He does it lawless. Um, he does it, you know, he kind of does it in Dark Knight Rises. He, oh, he definitely, oh, are you not kidding unintelligible me? unintelligible No, but that, he but...
2: created, they were all like, mm, perhaps he was wondering why you'd throw man from the plane. Yeah. Like, that's... You, you just adopted the dark. I was born into it. Exactly. But then you've also got, he's even doing it in Venom. Oh,
1: that's right. He's ga- he's trying he to gave be- him, well, he
2: first gave... His character, Eddie Brock, this like weird Brooklyn accent, yeah. but like an unnecessary Brooklyn accent, yeah. like not just normal Brooklyn, but like movie Brooklyn. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. Like he's like,
1: hey, yo, hey, I'm uh, Eddie Brock. is crazy. Yeah. Hey, yo, I got a report to do. You, hey, are you a corrupt right. politician or a business owner? I got a symbiote. I'm Eddie Brock. <laughs> So it's really weird. But then he also,
2: this one, he gets to do two voices. So he gets to do Eddie Brock, but then he also gets to do the Venom voice, which is this like weird kind of like hissy, like.
1: I would love it if it, he wasn't the one doing the Venom voice. It was like somebody else. Bill Hader. <laughs> Bill <laughs> Hader as Venom. I was thinking Bobcat Goldthwait, but sure. <laughs> I'm into both. I would like, I actually would really love that, is if Eddie Brock is like, Hey, yo, I'm going to beat you up with my symbiote. And then the, the mouth comes over his head like in the trailer. Is like, I'm going to eat you.
2: No, I'm thinking Bill Hader, I would like it even more if it's just like a real like deadpan like, hello
1: hello i i am venom venom. uh you better watch out i will i'm going to bite your head off
2: (laughs) uh but so
1: yes tom tom
2: hardy visual
1: voice actor love tom hardy though visual voice actor (laughs) um bronson is another good one where he does a great voice. totally yeah it's
2: just all voices
1: it is wow but i love him I him.
2: i was about to say so let's really question is he a great actor I think so. Or does he just do really interesting voices? Both. Can I say both? <laughs> that's fair. I'll be both. Totally fair. i um, both. So the uh, the Revenant. Uh-huh. That's a movie that I think of. Another one that I think of when I think nature is March of the Penguins.
1: I had that on my list too yeah. because yes, there's always been you know documentaries that exist. And sure. I, I think people have seen that, but. March of the Penguins sort of launched. I mean, now they have Disney Nature. Absolutely. And almost every year they're putting out a lion movie. To be or a fair, movie. it relaunched kind
2: of Disney Nature. Now, yeah. it was not a Disney Nature film. It wasn't. But it relaunched interest in that kind of thing. And the only reason I'm clarifying that is because it is very well known that Walt Disney was himself a huge nature buff. And so. Back in the day, in the OG Disney days, right. they did several nature right. kind of documentary st- style films. So, right. I'm just putting that out there. No, I wanted clarification.
1: I agree with you. I think March of the Pe- and March of the Penguins is a good one because now we have sort of two ends of the spectrum. Like with The Revenant, it's a film, it's a story. Sure, it's based off of a a, a real account that was a book, but it's a it's a a story. Sure, you know, March of the Penguins is a documentary. So you would expect the documentaries that are based around nature, like you know the reef or uh, you know blackfish, sure. uh, March of the Penguins. Uh, I forget the like lions or bears or I don't know the clever names for all the Disney ones, but sure you would. I'm
2: pretty sure they just name them. I think one of them is monkeys. One of them is bears. I think so too. One of them is like so I. I thought you were doing a bit when you said all of the clever names for the Disney movies, but it turns out
1: those are their clever names. It just turns out I thought they should have had more clever names than they actually did. And instead it's just like monkeys, the movie. Bears. (laughs) Not even the movie, just, hey, here's some monkeys. Bears. I would love it if that were the title. Hey, here's some monkeys. (laughs) Just here's some monkeys. (laughs) Hey, hey, here's some monkeys. Look at this bear. (laughs) Looking at this monkey
2: around. I would love that. Their, their video series is just like, look at this bear. Here's monkeys. Here's
1: a monkey. Watch this
2: <laughs> penguin.
1: <laughs> watch this penguin? <laughs> the movie. W- the movie. Watch this penguin, the movie. I would totally watch that. It would be way better than Happy Feet. For,
2: for sure. Oh, but man. definitely
1: better than Happy Feet, Without too. Without question. Well, I mean, and that's, the, that's one of the things, kind of going back to our, our topic of choice here, with the way that nature is used in films... In my opinion, the way that it's used best is a way that it almost doesn't stand out. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I mean, kind of like technology that we talked a little bit about, like it needs to have both.
2: But I think it can mean so much more Mm -hmm. than just taking place in actual nature. Agreed. I think if we're looking at this like the most natural representations of film Mm -hmm. or in film, um, and I'm going to take a leap with this one, but we'll see if you follow with me. Like we said that uh, The Revenant uses all natural lighting. Mm-hmm. Another one that was kind of a interesting concept that was never done wh- or that was ever done was uh, the recent redo of Les Mis and how oh. they recorded all their audio live yeah. on set.
1: I was just talking about that movie. With I would feel day. like
2: that it kind of falls under the natural kind of right. of banner of doing something that is actually stripping away the technology oh, that you would normally
1: use. That's an interesting concept. I didn't even think of that. Like, I mean, I don't want to include Mumblecore in this. Sure, no. But that idea of stripping away a lot of the structure and idea of of how films are made right. to film in the most natural, natural environment. State. Possible? Yes. Ooh, I hadn't even thought about that yep. as a as a as a topic that could fall under yep. this. But I mean, it makes sense. All of my that I have been thinking of were like nature, nature. Yeah, that have been and use, that, and those used are
2: totally as well. valid as well. I'm just saying, kind of like, like in our technological or technology episode, how we discussed technology can mean different things. Yeah. Um, I feel like it can do the same for nature. Sure. I feel like a more natural filmmaking approach could also fall under mm-hmm. that. I feel like using the environment around you can qualify for that. I feel like oh, wow I, like I that. feel like even the idea of using non-actors to populate a movie mm-hmm. could constitute a natural film set because you're actually f- making a movie using real people. Oh, see, now you're getting into
1: like indie movie territory. But but I'm I'm liking
2: that I'm saying it would have to be, you know, it wouldn't qualify as just like, oh, you've got one person who's not an actor. Like it would primarily have to be populated with non-actors because then that qualifies. You're using natural people in their natural
1: habitat Mm -hmm. to make a film. Can I can I reference one that I've mentioned? I think in every episode the past four or five weeks. Bo Burnham's eighth grade. Absolutely, they used real uh, kids who had never acted before. They yep. were the actual ages. Um, not only is it supposed to be a very naturalist story of just not a lot of explosions, you know, not a lot of big things. It's just right. a true, honest depiction of what that time is. But also uh, another thing that I've re- heard referenced is they, the way that they talk about social media. Is more true to how we naturally use it, how it's become naturally part of our lives. Sure. So I'm not saying that actually to be on kind there. of it, no. That but, that's a totally I think it valid. To that thought. Absolutely. I'm trying um, to think of examples so our so our listeners can think. Oh yeah, Q's definitely making a good point here sure. because of this movie or this movie sure. or this movie.
2: I will. I would even venture, and I know you'll love this suggestion. <laughs> I would even venture that boyhood would fall under it because you use the natural progression of people aging to tell an actual story or
1: the natural progression of time.
2: You didn't CG it. You didn't make up them. You actually used people as time progressed and how they were affected by it.
1: But you're, you're to your point. You're exactly right. When I was thinking of this category, when we decided on this topic, I was really thinking just outside. Sure. But the natural use of and progression of time totally works. Time is a nature element. Time is something we can't control that works on its own rhythm. Absolutely. And so using that in film, boyhood, ooh, man. Ooh, man. Yeah. You just you just kind of blew my mind a little bit there. Nice. You? I love it I, when I can do that. I really like that. Because, I mean,
2: other ones that you I You should see me trying to, I was in nature. I had painted your face onto a tree. And I was trying to blow its mind. Do you know how hard it is to blow a tree's mind? It's real hard. I
1: succeeded. But <laughs> I'm just saying I
0: succeeded.
1: It, it was really fucking difficult. <laughs> yeah, it took you the whole week. It did. It took you the whole week. And you made a tree that looked like Ethan Hawke. It yep. was wonderful. Yep. Um, Ethan Bark. I don't know. I liked
2: I liked the gusto and the effort. You know of what? It's just you...
1: Ethan Hawke without the E. <laughs>
2: Just so. ra- no, it was an actual hawk. Yeah, exactly. It was and a hawk named, named Ethan. <laughs>
1: and you just had him as your as your counterpart. He fucking pecked my eyeball out, so I'm wearing this eye patch now. But that was the actual Ethan Hawk with an E that did <laughs> that's that. Right. Ethan Hawk, the hawk, was really nice. He was super. He nice. was a great, great, great guy He would bring you rats to eat. Great <laughs> yeah. guy. I wanna, great guy. Can someone that's our listener please make a, a picture of Ethan Hawk as a hawk and tweet it to just us? Just like put his weird face yeah. onto Yeah, at high five the number five the podcast uh, on Twitter. Please send us that. That would be amazing. Ethan Hawk, the Hawk, Um, Q's counterpart when he lived in the woods for a week. Yep. The another one here is here's uh, I did expand my thought on this a little bit outside the use of just nature. Okay. But one of the ones that I thought of was using things that aren't you know CG technological developments uh, or um, replication. So I thought of Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, yeah. Filming in the actual desert and having hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of extras. You know, it's not like Infinity War where they're duplicating a lot of things and one whole army is CG. It's Lawrence of Arabia had hundreds upon hundreds of people in the desert that they had to get the camera so far away from to film this natural horde of people. I totally agree. And I actually think that one applies to nature as well because it was the desert. It doesn't have to be pretty to be nature and expansive.
2: I'm going to suggest one that is also going to expand the idea of what a nature movie could be. You ready for this? Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust. Because it used a real tribe oh, that's that true. really existed, Ooh. that really had no concept of what was going on. So that's another way that that real elements, real, actually yeah. existing elements... It's like real-life Bowfinger. Exactly, were brought into a movie. Yes, Cannibal Holocaust <laughs> and Bowfinger, same, same.
1: Bo- true, yeah. true. Yeah, true, true.
2: Um, but Cannibal Holocaust would qualify as using a real setting with real people, that kind of plays into the non-actors sure. aspect, to create a piece of fiction. But that movie, the only way that that movie would work is to have done what they did. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise it it comes off as false. You see that with Green Inferno.
1: Yeah, right. Well, no one saw that with Green Inferno because guess how many people saw Green Inferno? (laughs) Eli Roth. No, I don't even think he watched it because have you seen it? No, you haven't. It's terrible. (laughs) You You saw saw it. it. Yeah, I did. Because I had to. But to your point, Cannibal Holocaust in the natural setting... It got sued because people yep. thought they were legitimately killing people. But I feel like that
2: only could have happened because of how convincing yes.
1: the environment and the setting yeah. for the film was. You know, I want to take it a different angle and okay. use that same concept, the same logic. I'm going to okay. say one word and see if you agree with me. Okay. Borat. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. I know there's a longer title after that movie, but again, it's two actors. In natural, real people In settings. Real situations. Manipulating things for a film.
2: Absolutely. Which is
1: the definition of what we're talking about. I hadn't even thought of Borat until you brought up some of these other yep. ones, but I think that one fits perfectly. It is into a natural it is using the environment and the things
2: around you. Things that already exist, mm-hmm. you are not having to create. You are just basically shaping and using things that are already there and i feel like that is the definition of natural it is things that already exist in the environment
1: to to use a a very scientific term you're macgyvering it totally yeah one very scientific (laughs) well okay well let's let's examine a couple of these versions of natural settings like let's just take the most definite like the most top level definition of this is Movies in nature, absolutely. So the ones that come to mind for me, Revenant popped up immediately. Absolutely. You know, another one that I thought of that I don't know if everyone would consider, but I definitely would. What's up that? There, 1991's White Fang. Oh yeah, absolutely. It took place in the yeah the Arctic. But they filmed there, and they filmed yep. like with you know with with dogs. It and, was like and, Alaska, right? Yeah. And so that one, and you can tell because nature is a huge part of that story. You know, Absolutely. It's not just, oh, we filmed in a pretty location. It mattered. Just let's, you know, I'll sister episode this back to last week's. They used those elements, the nature of it, to enhance the story they were trying to tell. Revenant did the same thing. And if you don't do that, you pretty much just have a bears. I'm going to go on a level that I know will speak directly
2: to your highbrow heart. Oh. And that is, I'm going to use 1982's Koyana Katsi. Oh, yes.
1: Right. That one's amazing.
2: Which basically is a documentary in nature that shows how technology has impacted a civilization with no narration.
1: Yes. So it is literally just nature. Nature. It is literally just nature, and the story is told through the visuals of nature. I didn't have that on my list because I thought you'd make fun of me for being pretentious. I'm so happy yeah. you brought that up. Yes, cute. way to go. <laughs> Fuck yeah. You're so proud of I'm me. I'm so proud of you. So that's proud what, of that's you. That's what living in nature for a week does, man. It well, expands my horizons. Because here's... I wanted to be a little pretentious, as I always am. Mm-hmm. So the one that I had on here, I had two that I wanted to talk about. Okay. Um, well, one... Uh, It's going to go both ways for this director, but either A New World or Tree of Life. Mm, Okay. Because both of those. Did you ever watch? I know I let you borrow New World, but I don't remember if you were able to watch it.
2: No, I did. Okay. Okay. I would say if it came down to those two, I think the most stark example would be A New World. Because especially so how they recreated things mm-hmm. f- specifically for that.
1: Using the uh, the elements of the day. The reason I have Tree of Life on there is because not only do they film nature in elaborate ways. Sure. But the story is kind of about Absolutely. nature. And like Brad Pitt's son's character struggling with his representation of the timeline of life, et etc., cetera, et cetera. Right. I think the new world is a better representation of this theme. Sure. So I want to lean that way. But the other one was Last of the Mohicans. Oh yeah. Because everyone talks about that movie because one, it's super fun. The story is really good. Daniel also, Day-Lewis. I was about to is, say also Daniel day marvel. But people overlook the fact of how well that movie is shot in nature. Absolutely. I mean, just if you take Daniel Day Lewis out of it, it's still a spellbinding film. Like the waterfalls look amazing. Yep. Um, I mean, all of it just works together. And I think nature being so important to the Native American culture, that being the Native American culture being so important to that film, you could say Dances with Wolves falls into that same category. Absolutely. But That's what Last I to say. The Mohicans is, uh, is echelons above, in my opinion.
2: And I would say, if we're going to continue on the actual like nature, nature side, just some more examples. Into the Wild.
1: I thought of that. Uh, that one kind of falls in the same category as um, Wild. Reese Witherspoon's Wild. Yep. But I liked Into the Wild, which same. I liked the story. The that Christopher Sean Penn, McCandless
2: story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like the way that Sean Penn shot that better than the Australian wildlife. Yeah. And I think that one, to me, uh, has a bigger message because Wild with Reese Witherspoon is about that personal journey, that personal. Um, Dealing with trials, overcoming, but into the wild is it has a bigger poignant message of you the the appeal of nature versus the reality of right. nature because right. that's the whole. It's point this of that ideology
2: thing. versus like, consequence. I'm
1: gonna live in nature because it is what is the utmost of importance, and then you find out once you are there that it is unforgiving, that it is nature, and it is not following any sort of human ideals. Right. And I think that is a bigger, a, a bigger I, communication point Absolutely. for this topic. So yeah, Into the Wild, I think is a huge one. Um, And then the other one I had was March of the Penguins that I wanted to bring. Up oh yeah. Because I think of all the ones that have done it, that one brought the attention that it needed to become a vertical of film. Sure. You know, we wouldn't have some of the Disney animations um, or the Disney nature documentaries. We might have them in a way, but they're not getting nationally released like they are now. I don't think without March of the Penguins.
2: I could not agree more. And like you said, it kind of revitalized a genre of filmmaking and not just documentaries because documentaries are everywhere. And there's a whole National Geographic channel. Right. But this is theatrically released. Right films about nature
1: yeah. well nature and I remember films. I remember growing up I I'm, I'm curious what your memory of this is but I remember growing up when IMAX was only those. Yeah, do you remember no, absolutely. If you had to go to like a museum? Well, that's what I was going to say. See an IMAX screen, so and all me, that it was was like flying through the Grand Canyon yeah. for 20 minutes. So
2: for me, I'm a Nashville native, so the closest version of that for me was always the Chattanooga Aquarium. Oh, and oh, they had right. one of the first IMAXs around this sure. around these parts. And so yeah, that's exactly what it was. I would go, and they had one that was a uh, you were riding in an Indy car. Oh, like nice. an indie car race, nice. And you just—that was the whole perspective. Yeah. And then they had one, like you said, that was like hang gliding through, through the Grand Canyon. I remember in Memphis
1: we had a place called the Pink Palace. Um, and that it,
2: sounds like a porn store. It does.
1: It really does. Um, but it wasn't, uh, that was the, the pink velvet palace. Mm. Uh, This one was just the pink palace. I thought it was the pink pocket. uh, That's (laughs) That's a better joke. High five. Thanks. High five. That's a better joke. Um, the the pink palace was uh, this super rich guy had built, uh, a mansion for his wife out of pink marble and brick. Wow. And so, and then he donated it to the city and they turned it into a museum. Crazy. And it's really cool. cool. And so schools go there all the time. And so half of it's part of it's like the Frist here in Nashville. Sure. Part of it's like the Children's Museum in Columbia. And then the other part of it was an IMAX theater. And it was the IMAX theater. And it was one of those big dome IMAX theaters that kind of like goes up onto the sides. Yeah. And those would be school field trips because they would have them about, you know, the African tundra or they would have the hang gliding through the. Um, through the, the grand Canyon. And for me, those were some of my earliest experiences of saying, oh, well, a whole movie can just be acknowledging nature and looking at it in a grand scale. Cool. So nowadays, like I think kids who are growing up in this generation think IMAX and they just think, oh, it's a really Avatar. big movie screen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, yeah Spider-Man three. Exactly. In IMAX. But when I think of IMAX, I'm almost always disappointed when I go to a, a quote-unquote IMAX screen and be like, this doesn't go up onto the walls. Sure. I can't get a 360-degree view. view of this. It's like, this is just a really big screen. Right. I'm happy that it's a really big sure. screen. Sure. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, when I think IMAX, it's those nature documentaries that I go back to and think of. Absolutely. Um, and what I didn't want this episode to be was just us delving into a bunch of nature documentaries. Of course. Of course those use nature well. And now that I've learned that you're a true to life na- uh, documentary buff, which I had misconstrued somehow. You know, I didn't want us to just You didn't even you don't even know me at all. Jay. I do now. I do now. I <laughs> learn about you every week. we we're, we're we're fostering this this partnership. I know, that's what it's um, all about. That's what it's all about. High five the podcast, learning each other one episode at a time. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> uh, That's our new tagline. I'm I'm going to change it. But yeah, so I didn't want it to devolve into that because I think nowadays there are, you know, artists like Inyatu uh, who are using or making movies like The Revenant that are taking both aspects of that ability. So, you know, obviously when we get to the list portion of this, we'll want to have a documentary on there, but I didn't want it to just, to be, well, just be populated exactly, by documentaries. Yeah. Think, no, totally agree. not fun agree. for listeners. And
2: I think that... Now that we've kind of talked about and discussed this more open concept mm-hmm. of what it means to be a more natural film or a mm-hmm. film that has elements of nature or natural naturalness, um, I think it has expanded what our list can be. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. I um, well
1: because that's what I want to say. We've already talked about you know um, how how nature can work, but you brought up such a good idea of. People that use the natural environments, or people that use actual things to, to, to tell those stories. One that comes to mind, and this is maybe a bit uh, divisive because I know this movie's not really lauded and loved by everybody. But there was like a movie in the 30s called Freaks. Oh yeah, Where, yeah. It just used all circus performers. Yep, absolutely. And it was like before, um, like. Hiring and regulation codes were really Mm -hmm. in place, so that's why it gets a lot of um, it gets a lot of flack. But I mean, Todd Browning made a film using the natural bodies of people that are considered freaks and told a story about them where they weren't the freaks.
2: I would absolutely, they made that movie made normal, and I'm using normal in extreme quotes. They made the
1: normal characters the monsters. Well, they did. I would say, I'll I'll make this statement. And I would say, it's like, it's going to be divisive. It won't be. Freaks did in 1932 what American Horror Story Freak Show tried to do a couple years ago and failed miserably. For sure. And so that, for me, I think is just, yeah, it's using real people, real situations, non-actors, to tell that story, to make it more authentic.
2: And to be honest, once again, and the American Horror Story revitalization or re- redo at that proves this point, which is that was necessary for the story they were trying to tell. Mm-hmm. The only way to properly communicate that movie right. was to film it that way with real people, with those real um, deformities. Mm-hmm and have that portrayed in that way. It's the yeah. only way that you could successfully tell right. that story. Well, and
1: even American Horror Story, they got praise because they act, you know, they had hired actors that had some of those deformities, but they also got flack because a good portion of the cast didn't and they were just makeup. Yeah, I was like, you to know, to look Kathy that Bates, way. who we love. Right. I love Kathy the Bates. The woman who played the pinhead
2: uh, Yeah, who was also in Asylum. Yes,
1: yeah. Was is a
2: normal actress, yeah. She she does not have, I think it's called like hydrocephalitis or some sort of right, um, but it makes their head significantly right. smaller, right? Um, so that was kind of the one thing is where you know, and that just brings us into like having that opens up a whole nother topic of having non handicapped people playing handicapped mm-hmm. people.
1: Well, can I say a really dumb example that follow, sure. follows into this category? The Ringer. Yes, with Johnny Knoxville. Yes, I mean, not a good movie, not a sensitive movie, probably not a movie people should watch, but commendable for trying to do what it did. Maybe. Sure, that's that dangerous ground. That I, don't, is dangerous I don't, know, ground. but I mean, but no, I. It's get, not a I bunch of your... people acting mentally handicapped no, or giving jobs to yep. mentally handicapped. And I feel like that goes, n-
2: and not to say that these two things are connected in any way, but the concept or the conceit behind it is the same, which is also, um, if we're going to go natural casting racially equal, right? So if you're, if you have a black character, it should be portrayed by a black no. human. If you have an Asian character, it should be portrayed by an Asia a person with Asian heritage, right? It, that is natural. That is the point. That is if you're trying to yeah. depict something accurately, you cannot you cannot use you know Scarlett Johansson over and, as over, and over
1: and over. Again. God damn it,
2: she can't be Akira.
1: <laughs> well, not only can she not be Akira, but who was the um the trans activist she was gonna be cast as? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yes. Like, this has happened multiple times Now, to, to her. be
2: fair, with the, the trans thing, that's an interesting conversation, too, because I saw, because um, Jared Leto got a lot of flack for playing um, his character from Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. And he had a really interesting interview. And now, don't get me wrong. I think Jared Leto is kind of a douchebag. He's a super douchebag, but he's good at certain things that and he does. And he had, in, somebody brought up, That it wasn't okay for him to be cast as a trans character because he is not trans. And there are lots of trans actors out there who could have played that part. And his argument to that, and I'm not going to say that this is wrong, is... Well, that way of thinking also blocks the other direction. So if you say a trans person should only be the people allowed to be cast as trans actors you're also saying that a trans person cannot play a straight character. Right. Or a, you know, we'll use the Will and Grace example. Both of those actors should and need to be gay. Right. And only one of them was. Right. And so I don't disagree with that thought concept. Now, when casting racially, yeah. Yeah. I do 100%
1: agree with it. Well, and, and here's here's where it gets dangerous, and I think, you know, we have to tread lightly, of course. Sure. Because... You but, and I are both and like s- we're saying, white cisgendered males. But
2: nothing we're saying is out of any sort of disrespect oh, of course at not. all. I'm simply
1: creating a dialogue. Well, and, and I, you mentioned respect, and I think that's really what it boils down to is I don't think Jared Leto was wrong for being cast as that character I think it's wrong when there's a systemic issue when no one is ever cast as and those characters. That
2: and that is the crux of the problem. Yeah, the problem is not that you cannot have. It's not with Jared Leto. A cis person play a trans person. It's not that you. The problem is you. You shouldn't have a trans person play a cisgendered mm-hmm. person. The problem is, is that systemically, overall,
1: though that opportunity
2: is not given.
1: Right. Or even. Uh, not not so much even awarded and given, but even acknowledged, accepted. Now, you know, Tangerine, which we talked about last time, actually uses trans actors in their trans roles, and it's a it's it's great. Like it sure uses the natural environment, uses the characters in the ways that they're supposed to be used, and it tells a story using you know what it makes the points they were trying to get across. Right. Um, you know, again, I want to tread lightly because this is not. Uh, an area that I have a lot of personal experience in. So the last thing I want to do is appropriate someone else's experiences and try and to explain it. I but don't think we are I at want all. To respect, I, I want think... to respect it in a way that saying there is, there are opportunities. There is there are bigger problems at play. But I
2: think and and to, you know to segue out of the problem and more into a correlating how this correlates to the subject. We're talking about. People being able to naturally portray characters in a natural situation. Right. So naturally, if I have a trans character, I ideally would like it to be played by a trans person.
1: Well, and there's a benefit to it on a filmmaking side of saying they would be more easily able to tap into the emotions and the truth behind that character than someone else. Like, you know, you know. Blackface would is, 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 a, is a good example of this, but being able to represent those characters, honestly, is not afforded if you haven't had those experiences. Absolutely. You can't tap into those true emotions without them.
2: And I feel like, once again, this really ties into our talk of naturality mm-hmm. in films. Um, I feel like you get a certain level of truth mm-hmm. when you film using reality. Right. When you film with real time like Boyhood, mm-hmm. when you film in real nature like The Revenant, when you film with real people portraying real characters, when you film
1: with uh, freaks, yeah. for example... Um, or, or like let's go to our third sort of segment within this topic is you film with real people that don't know they're being filmed. Sure. So like a Cannibal Holocaust or a Borat. Absolutely. You know their their reaction. I'd even take it
2: a step further and even and say we mentioned it in the last episode. I can mention it in this one. Um, escape from Tomorrowland. Right. They filmed in a real environment with non-actors on a real day telling a fictional story within a very real place that right. was really
1: functioning as it normally would. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, and yeah, uh, Borat would you know fall into that is he's a character, but nobody else is. Like, they're real right. natural reactions right. to the story that is being told. Right. Right. And so I think, you know, between all of those different elements, between all of those different verticals, this topic has gotten a lot bigger than I thought of when we came in. Oh, my goodness.
2: Speaking of real and reality, it's time time,
1: for a Maddie moment.
2: It's time for a Maddie moment. Yes. Yo, what's up, Maddie? Daddy. I love that bitch, (laughs) dude. Maddie. Maddie! That is that is the concept of this Maddie moment. Hey bro. We're just hey bro.
1: We're just going to shout Maddie until she hears us. Yeah. Well, and we're going to shout it from the rooftops. We're going to shout it from the Twitter tops. We're going to shout it from the the pop tops. I have a weird idea. You okay. Ready? Here's how I think shout it's it going to work. Five tops. If
2: we in unison mm-hmm. both shout Maddie in a moment. All of our listeners who are listening to this episode at the same time, their earbuds will create a loud enough sound that it will actually, that Maddie Bro will actually hear us. Okay, well, let's do it. All right, so I need every one of our listeners to sync up your episode. So, right. f-
1: tweet at each other. I don't know how you're gonna Everybody do. Everybody start listening at the same. time. We have the idea. You fucking figure it's, it out. It's just like when you're gonna sync up. You know, Dark Side of the Moon to Wizard of Oz. You just have to start at the right time. But get with all your friends. Start all your listens. You listen the whole. All your work computers. Get all yep. of your coworkers to turn it on at the same time. And here, and we're about to do this. This is
2: what we're calling the National Maddie Moment. I love it. Okay, are, are you ready? You ready? Ian, high five yeah. for. Three, two, one. Maddie! That felt great. I think she heard it. I, I like it. I think she heard it. If Mad- you think
1: she heard it, tweet at her. Yeah, tweet at her. Um, if, you, if you need to know, I, I'm, I'm going to have to spell these every time just because uh, you might think it's spelled different ways. There's some double letters, but Maddie Lynn Bro is the mm-hmm. name. Yes. And her Twitter handle is at Maddie, M A T T. I-E L, short for Lynn. Got it. Bro. B-R-E-A-U-X. That's on Twitter. A fancy way yeah. of spelling it. Um, if or a New Orleans way of spelling sure. it. Sure. You know, because I think she's from Louisiana. Fancy Louisiana way yeah. of spelling it. Um and then on Instagram, it's a whole name spelled out. Mm. Maddie Lynn Bro. M-A-T-T-I-E L-Y-N-N. Two N. Yeah. Uh bro b r e a u x you I can search it. the same on facebook and find her so
2: search her anyway because if
1: you have not watched
2: party down south you're going to you have are some fun you're missing out i hope i hope i hope i hope i hope that she wants to come and do our show with us. I'm still putting out there that we'll do an episode completely about reality television. Jay has you made, come on. That is crazy. I'm so excited about that. I hope she really wants to do it. I hope she'll come and crack some beers with us. Yeah. Talk reality. And uh, let's just, let's all get real. It's time to get real. The only way to get real is naturally. Is to get real in nature. In nature. Nature. I mm-hmm. tried it, and once again, I cannot express enough. <laughs>
1: it s- fucking blows. So you know what, guys? Instead of trying to do what Q did and actually go into nature, which parentheses sucks, how about you just watch yeah. movies that really use spoiler nature alert? Well?
2: You know what happened to the last guy that tried to go into nature? Call of the Wild. he uh, he, he had a career that went down the tubes, and he died.
1: Oh, oh, right, that <laughs> that I movie you...
2: ends with him dying. I thought
1: you meant Emil Hirsch. Oh well, both they right. both died. Yeah. One metaphorically and one, one literally. Yeah, one in his career and one in a in a VW van. Correct, <laughs> very correct. Right, um, but seriously, I I really enjoyed this nature talk with you of just
2: how how no. nature can be perceived. That it's not just the literal meaning of nature and trees and grass and mountains. And I
1: hope our listeners don't get offended on our walkabout here because we danced around a lot of different topics that deal with nature and natural elements in film. But the more we kept talking about it, the more I realized how much it does pertain to all those areas. You could say, oh, well, only people who use nature authentically are making true nature films. But natural reactions to things, natural people in their natural roles with natural settings using natural light. I mean, all of that takes film to a different level than just saying well, here's another Billy Madison and here's, Bill a, Madison. here's a CG explosion. Yeah, I, I love the Marvel movies and you know that and I love, you know, Billy Madison's and I love the films that I'll watch. We talked about Hereditary last time and there's very little natural about that. Sure. Um, supernatural maybe, uh, but There is an element of some of these films that just the stories cannot make the same impact if they're not filmed in the ways that they are. And that's true for Freaks in the same way that it's true for The Revenant. Absolutely. And so for me, I think that it's just it has to be acknowledged and thought about when we're bringing up these topics. Now, we've mentioned a lot. Should we go through and just make a list? (gasps) Is it?
2: The list. The list. This is where we make a list. A list. Three, two. List. Now, this is a list that I am excited to make because I think that, and I assume since we kind of expanded on the idea of the topic in the episode that I'm sure that your ideas of what could go on the list have also expanded as we talk. Well,
1: so as we've been talking, and and again, I I really like when we kind of lock this in every now and then, I sort of want to pick one from all the representations. So like one that tells a fictional story using nature, one that is like a documentary style, one that uses natural people, one that uses natural environments or, you know, um, natural – uh, reactions to things and then just you know obviously we want to be able to rank the best ones so some of them have to rise to the top right absolutely um, i i would be remiss if i didn't say that i think the revenant should be on there somewhere considering it was the first one you mentioned and it was the first one i thought of when we decided on this topic right now if you have a disagreement no nope. that like i absolutely
2: least, feel like the Revenant. i don't know be where
1: and, and we, you know, we'll figure that out we'll as we go, out, but I'm going to add the Revenant. I feel
2: like the Revenant you're you brought one up that now I can't unsee on the, being on this list somewhere. And that's going to be Todd Browning's Freaks. Okay. I feel like that needs to be on here. It kind of it kind of changed some games as far I'm as using reality to tell a story.
1: I'm OK with that. Um, I, I know this is a quick turnaround, but I think March of the Penguins is a strong contender yeah. to be on here as well in sort of a documentary fashion. I totally um, agree. This list is actually coming together easier than we might I know. Have, have originally uh, thought. I
2: think 100% because of your excitement at my suggestion oh, yes, that Keanu Katsi... Yes. Has to be on there.
1: Uh, now I I don't know how to spell that, so yeah, I'm just gonna spell it uh, my own way. It's yep. it looks like Quiznos Quintanera.
2: I am uh, I am going to give you the accurate spelling. Please Are you do. Ready? Yes, let's. Just so I want our listeners to also Please be able to go this find up. this. This movie. is a
1: huge, huge high five recommends. Guys. Absolutely. I I know the way that it's described may not sound like the most appealing movie, but but guys, dudes, bros, ladies
0: look maddie this movie, bros yeah
1: look this movie up so q please spell it for our listeners and for myself so i can put it on our list so how you spell this is k o y a
2: a n and as in nancy i s q a t s
1: i koyana squatzi koyana squatzi Okay, awesome. It's on the it's on the list. I don't know where yet, but it. I don't think we can get away from.
2: I think if we're talking yeah. nature in film, it has to be on the list. I, I think. I think so
1: too. Um, so what do we got so far? We've got The Revenant, uh huh, Freaks, yep, March of the Penguins, yep, and Koyos Quatsi. Wow. So we we're really that's we filling this list out quick. It, I know that was
2: so natural.
1: It was. Oh man, we're saying that so so it's only natural. It's only uh, natural. Uh, you make me feel like a natural woman. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's a really big company. It really to me. is. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's so sad is that there's so many of these other films that now I want to compete for that fifth spot. I mean, sure. we talked about White Fang a little bit. Yep. I, I think Boyhood, Cannibal Holocaust, and Borat. Well, I mean, Cannibal Holocaust and um and Boyhood that you mentioned, I I can't stop thinking about. Totally. I think Borat. It hit me so hard when I made that connection that. I'm sort of connected to it now. Sure, um, it might not be the best, so it could. I would say if it's between that and Boyhood, then Boyhood, obviously. Yeah, I mean, where? What are the ones that you're struggling with? Like those? I feel to like me,
2: I feel like Boyhood is a big one for me, mm-hmm. only because it it told a story in the only way that story could be told in in the most innovative way. And that is by using the natural element of time, which is not something we've that's in this list right now
1: and may be the only movie to have ever done that. Right. Well, and also we didn't mention this, but it works in the, in the natural theme is that the story is extremely honest. Yeah. There's not a lot of plot contrivances. There's not a lot of, Oh, well this person wouldn't react in this way. It's a very naturalist movie to use the like the genre definition and if Um, we're
2: talking the way that things were used so like revenant used natural light mm -hmm. this movie used time as a tool yes you know what i mean like this was they used the natural element of time and i would say it's one of the things that sets this movie apart from any other film is because it takes place over time periods yeah. with the same people and you really get to see their physical yeah.
1: changes and it's a feat absolutely not only that is it used the natural technologies of the time because that's the that's as right. high as they had gotten when they filmed but it but there's almost
2: no technology aspect to it because there's no cg there's yeah. no Special, practical effects, you know well, what I mean? And I'm,
1: in, well, I'm meaning like the game sure. Boys of the yeah. time and the Xbox. Uh, yeah, the iPhones. Yeah, I, honestly, for me, here's what I've got written down, and then I'll I'll name off some other ways that we've talked about, but I might be ready to lock this in. Okay. We've got The Revenant, we've got Freaks, we've got March of the Penguins, we've got Koyonis Quatsi, mm-hmm. and we've got Boyhood. Now, we've talked about, you know, Cannibal Holocaust. We've talked about Into the Wild. We've talked about Last of the Mohicans and Lawrence of Arabia. I'm having trouble finding any of the five that we've already talked about that I would replace with, with one of those. Because agreed. Into the Wild, I could be like, well, well, yeah, it makes a great statement about nature, but so does The Revenant. Exactly. And The Revenant's better. Totally. You know, so
2: so does Koyana Yeah. It makes kind of a similar statement about how, how, uh, human
1: impact on nature is. And, you know, White Fang falls into that category. Lawrence of Arabia is one of those that, like, uses natural casting, uses natural landscapes, but boyhood uses natural casting and natural time. So, you know, uh, Cannibal Holocaust or Borat for using real people and their real reactions, I would say Freaks Does very similarly. Similar, but better earlier. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, More cutting edge. Yes, definitely more cutting edge. So I'm struggling to find the only one. (sighs) A new world is the one I'm struggling Mm. with. Because the way that they built all the sets, the way that they filmed it, they filmed a lot in natural light, similar to the Revenant.
2: I would Ah. say if we're going to put that on the list, it would be between that and the Revenant. So and you would have to feel more strongly, and I don't about I that don't. versus the. Do revenue. you? I don't. Personally.
1: So do we have our five? And I think we order? have our five. So let's okay. just put it in order. So this one's going to be this, this order going to be a hard order. This order might be tough, and honestly, this might be they're all number one. But here are the five that just you care about sure. in your know order. But you know what? Okay, I say honestly, if
2: we're gonna be real out there. And since, once again, because of your action, I kind of feel like koyana Squatsy should be our number one.
1: I say either one or two.
2: Because I feel like it gives a perfect juxtaposition of the encroaching technological advancement of humanity against yeah. the nature backdrop. I'm not going to disagree. And it's a natural film because it uses real places, real people with no contrived mm-hmm. narration. So yeah. it literally is nature. just nature. Yeah.
1: And it's compelling. Have you seen it? I have. It's, that's why I suggested so it. It's so compelling. Absolutely. It's Okay, yeah. That's number one. I think that's the best natural use or of nature in a movie. Yep. So, yeah. Um, okay, so that's number one. I kind of want to put Freaks as number two. Yeah. Uh, boyhood for me, while great, I think is number five.
2: Yep, I think so too. Um, just because it uses a single element while a major element of nature it still does just does use a single elemental nature
1: yes and so that way uh march of the either march of the penguins or revenant is number 3 i would say maybe march of the maybe penguins maybe march of the
2: penguins and revenant is 4 yeah i'm okay with that so we've got so that would put us well, Kiana squatsi as 1 yep that would be number 2 is uh freaks, freaks. Number 3 is March, of the, March of the Penguins, number 4 is The Revenant, and number, and number five. 5 is Boyhood.
1: That's yeah. a damn good list, man. That is a that is a damn good list and and for my good, you know, sensibilities, we've got some pretension on there. Yep. We've got some fun movies on yep. there. We've got a documentary. By fun on you there. mean The Revenant? I do, yeah. 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 That's that just bear a attack? happy go happy that, go lucky family fun That bear fun attack time. is just wonderful. Um that, uh, okay I have to take a sidestep. The bear attack in that movie, I don't know how they filmed that, but holy crap, is it good. <laughs> it is one of the most visceral things I have ever seen. I honestly, it, I know it wasn't because I'm not a, a, dumb, a dummy. I'm, I'm dumb, dumb. But I honestly, at the end in the credits, I would have expected like bear stuntman. Like right. someone was really being thrown around by a bear and For possibly sure. died. Like, yeah, it's so real looking. <laughs> So it's like I—that's this one scene in that movie that I just can't—it can't its crazy—ever get out of my head.
2: That movie totally combines technology mm-hmm. and nature,
1: and it just looks so cool with the totally. natural light, like. That there are there are certain movies that when people are like, Oh, well, well you can't film with using natural light, it's just not right. the way movies are done. I was like, I'll point to that and be like, Well, they fucking did it. Yeah. Well, you can't check have, that out. You can't have no you can't have a movie with like no dialogue if it's not a silent film. Like, you have to have words up there. Koyonaskwatzy, shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> it these are movies that that I think not only portray the nature and the natural elements behind, like on camera well, but they also prove that it can be done in a way that's great. So freaks is another. It's like, well, you can't use untrained actors that have physical deformities or, you know, we, we need, we need star power. Right. No, you don't like tell a, we can tell a, a
2: haunting story. I mean, that is still to this day, one of the dark, like that story is so dark and heavy. And scary. That end scene where they're all crawling
1: out to like, oh my God, that's just horrifying. Yeah, it is. And then, well, you can't film a movie with where actors aren't under contract that takes place over 11 years. Fuck you. Yes, you can. Link yeah, letter did it. Exactly. So I think all of these are not only a great representation of our topic. But they, they push boundaries. A great representation of people saying, I'm going to tell the story in the best way that it can be told. And these natural tools... Are the ones that are needed to mm-hmm. tell this story. For my aesthetic, for my theme, for my purpose, and for my mission. Yep. If you want to tell a funny movie, you can do it. But if you want to tell a story that resonates on these levels, using the tools and not looking for shortcuts, not looking for things that'll make it Hollywood-esque. Right. You, and The Revenant won Oscars. Don't even tell me you can't win Oscars doing this. Sure. Absolutely. So I I, I really so this is one of my favorite lists in a while.
2: Give us our list one more time, okay?
1: And I'll, I'll work up from five. So okay. number five is Boyhood. Okay. Natural use of time. Perfect. Uh, number four is The Revenant. Natural, natural use, use of, of light and environment. And nature. Uh, March of the Penguins. Natural use of penguins. <laughs> uh, and number three, fr- or number two is Freaks. Natural use of human beings. Yep. And then number one is Koyaanisqatsi. Natural is use of everything. everything. And that's it. There's it. your new opinion, and guys, if you're listening to this, and and we we've talked about this a lot, but if you haven't seen some of these movies that we're talking about, or like oh, well, I don't know, that's what this is about. Like, go watch them. Let us know on social media. What Talk you, to like, us yeah. about them. Oh, look for We're on on Facebook at High Five Colon The Podcast. We're on Instagram at Is It High The Number Five? Or nope,
2: it's High Five The Podcast. High five The and Podcast on Twitter Instagram. is that's High it. The
1: number, number Five The Podcast. So watch these movies. Find like let us know if you agree or disagree. Which ones did we miss? What are your favorites? Would you made would you have made a bigger case for White Fang and why? You know, that's what this is. So go watch these movies. I, I can imagine a, a very probably in the single digits percentage of our listeners have seen Koyono Squatsy. And go find it. Find it guys. Jay, you yeah? know what
2: I'm gonna go find?
1: What are you gonna go find?
2: I've spent a week in the woods. I'm gonna go find a fucking shower and
1: a bed. Nice. I'm gonna go find like a crystal. A crystals. Yeah, like sandwiches. Like just cheeseburgerish. Yeah.
0: We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at myfive at highfivethepodcast.com That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H F-I-V-E T-H-E P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. (sighs) Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash High Five the Podcast. On Twitter at High the Number Five the Podcast. Instagram at High Five the Podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching High Five colon the Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Crossing the streams? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody.
1: Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the
2: next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut.
1: That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.